Hi, welcome to the Fit Me Forever podcast hosted by the OmniFit. We're about all things fitness. We help women get off the diet roller coaster to find sustainable health, embracing life right where you are on the way to where you're going. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Coach Jody V, a certified nutrition coach who specializes in helping women become physically and mentally strong to regain energy for a life they love. I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Duncan, owner of the OmniFit, and fellow colleague and nutrition coach, Taylor Bloxham. Together, we are the OmniFit. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fit Me Forever podcast. In today's episode, we're going to pick right back up where we left off in episode 10, which was our part one of the different fat loss strategies. So we're going to pick up right in our conversation where we are transitioning from talking about calorie cycling into a more linear fat loss approach. So let's jump right in. Taylor, do you want to describe what a linear phase diet might look like in comparison to more of the calorie cycling? So basically a linear fashion of of dieting is going to be just all one set uh, intake for however long that you need to see results and then whatever is beneficial getting a refeed or a higher calorie day. And that could mean even every two weeks, every three weeks, once a month. Um, And so actually I love that we mentioned that because when it comes to linear dieting, by no means is it um, bad, but I do think that there's, there's worse things about it um, versus calorie cycling. And there's actually research done on it too, that one higher calorie day of a refeed versus a couple in a row, um, the substantial um, results from that higher calorie day is not, is not as great as it was with just one. a few of them in a row right. versus just and, one. And I think we need to um, explain kind of why that is a, a is okay so leptin you know is the hormone that regulates body fat levels and when our body fat levels get too low you we start signaling for leptin uh, or leptin starts signaling for us and it kind of ramps everything up makes us hungry makes us want to eat and that sort of thing and so when when we feed that hormone feed our body if you will it settles itself back down and goes, okay, I'm not starving. And it's, it's okay to release some of this body fat or whatever. So when that, you know, when you're in a deficit for too long, everything just starts to slow down. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and the, the body will preferentially go towards lean tissue because it's easier um, takes less energy, you know, to metabolize than, than fat does. And, um, you know, you just basically start feeling kind of crappy and, you know, things go from there. So having those longer, you know, refeeds are just, just really optimal to keeping leptin in its proper place and, and our body not wanting to fight for survival, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's not bad by any means, but it's almost like you're, you're waiting for this light at the end of the tunnel. And you can't really see it. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, that is if it's insanely low, which we don't always recommend. Um, so it should be able to hopefully be sustainable. But at the same time, you, you're you coasting at a intake that you're going to probably stick with for 
a while Mm -hmm. and it can just kind of get, um, especially for the people who like changes every now and again, or like to look forward to something. Um, it can just kind of get mundane and you can get very worn down easily. I would say off of something like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. So, um, Great point about about the leptin, and just to add that in, the leptin itself is actually secreted by your fat cells. So the leaner that you get, um, that's going to be a signal that necessarily won't come from just food like that, because your fat cells are the ones that are actually. That's why this like constant hunger can be something that you experience. Um, So that's just something to kind of like note and put on the shelf. Um, I'm a big fan of starting a fat loss diet with a linear progression in, in mind. Um, and that's if the people meet the original criteria that we talked about before, they're not yo-yo dieters. They do have some substantial amount of body fat to lose, whether that be 15 pounds, whether it be 15 plus, um, if you have body fat to lose, you have been eating in a surplus at some point. So as long as you're, we catch you at the right time that you're currently eating in a surplus, then we, the first step is just to decrease that. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times that if someone's eating, if let's take a perfect case scenario, um, someone's eating plenty, and I'm talking probably 16 calories per pound of body weight. You guys can do the math on that for mm-hmm. just 16 times 150 pounds, let's say for some, an average female or 135, 135 pounds, whatever it is, that total calories, if you're already averaging that, then there's plenty of room for creating a deficit that your body can respond to. And in those cases, personally, I might start with a higher deficit, something around like 13 calories per pound and get some feedback about that's going to be several hundred calories per day that the person's going to be reduced by. They're going to have to restructure some meals. A lot of times someone eating in that higher calorie range is probably eating a little bit more freely, um, maybe managing their intake, but eating out and estimating and stuff like that. So just reeling in some of that kind of stuff in a linear fashion can give us a good four weeks of data. And for a linear progression, I would say that we can, or a linear style fat loss phase, we can gather data a little bit quicker because there's not the cycling that we have to have. So if you remember whenever I said about the calorie cycling minimum, I really like to see six weeks of data before we start making a lot of crazy changes. Me personally with linear phase dieting, I'm closer to the four, four week range um, of getting some data, but this is obviously with compliance at hand, you know, compliance has to be there to gather data period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's really fun to, um, you know, when you start with a linear fat loss phase and then you're watching, you know, someone's body really start responding and metabolism just kind of amping up and all of that. And then, um, you know, knowing that there's this kind of intermediate period where you know there's this immediate if if compliance is there you see some results Mm -hmm. relatively you know quickly within four to six weeks you can see some that things are moving in the right direction and then it's really fun to start working in you know that calorie cycling when you have that data and that feedback and just just watch it roll I mean I I had a client that started um, earlier this summer and it, it's been really fun to watch. Um, she actually 
um, started with me just before she had a baby and then went through the postpartum period. We've been together since that and um, nursing and that sort of thing. And so it's been really, really fun to watch that go from a linear into more of a cycling pattern. Um, she has two uh, refeeds a week and it's just, it's really cool when it's, when things are just set in the right spot and just watch it go. She's maintaining right now um, perfectly. Mm -hmm. When nursing is over with, we'll, we'll kind of go into a different phase, but um, it's, there's just so many different ways that, you know, these things can be implemented and it's so right. individual to each, you know, individual person. Right. Um, and that's one size fits all, you know, that, that kind of gets thrown around the internet in different places is, just not what we recommend. You've got to be a student of your own, your own body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say that, that the process of, of linear dieting, it gives you a chance to really hone in on your own personal biofeedback about how you do feel after so many days, how usually when someone's starting a protocol, it's really encouraging. So compliance is a little bit easier because they're seeing those results. Um, but that gives us a chance as coaches or even you as the person that's maybe starting to implement, whether it's a structured refeed or a lot of times what I'll do instead of creating more structure by adding a structured refeed day or two is that's when I'll introduce like a free meal, like go out, have a date, have, and try to keep that normalcy as long as possible. Um, speaking in contest prep terms, I try to do that early on in contest prep so that I can get an idea of how that person's body is going to respond to the higher sodium, to the relaxed environment, to all of those things, because those are really going to come into play when we're down to the nitty gritty, you know, when you've got those last two and three pounds to lose. For the general listeners, if you're just a general fat loss person, um, it's very rare that a moderate meal out is actually going to prevent you from reaching your goals. I would say if you're in that like 10 pound range, um, a meal out could definitely hold you back. I mean, you have a burger and fries that's easily 1200 calories. Um, and if you're a small gal, that's <laughs> if you sit for work, like we're adding all these things. Um, but if you're someone that is in that, you know, even a little over 15 pounds, 20, 25, up into the 50 pound range of needing to lose body fat. Don't stress yourself out so much by thinking that you literally can't go out to eat with anybody or you can't have those minor things are really not going to be what holds you back. It's the every single day compliance, the making sure you're having you're eating, you know, throughout the day, making sure that each meal throughout the day is fairly balanced and you're not, you know, having a little nothing for breakfast and a huge lunch. Like mm -hmm. that consistency over long periods of time, the four, the six, the eight, the 12 weeks, um, that's what's going to make the, the biggest deal. And so you can label a linear style diet as long as linear is just the same, not changing. Um, that can mean six days at a set intake and one free meal for six weeks, that's a linear fat loss. It's, you know, that, yeah. that one free meal doesn't count as your calorie cycling per se. I think too, just, you know, listening to hunger along the process, um, the size of, of the meals that are spread out throughout the day. That's, that's huge in a fat loss phase, mm -hmm. not necessarily 
you know, making a habit of, like you said, not eating breakfast and then overfeeding for lunch and overfeeding for dinner, but to just kind of spread those things out and, and be shooting for, um, you know, knowing that you're going to have some hunger, but that maybe at the three to four hour mark is a, a good way to gauge, you know, you should be feeling some, if your meals are the right sizes, you should be feeling some hunger about that period of time whether you're in a cycling phase or a linear phase, mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep in mind. And what I love too, um, of course, that you were mentioning, Kayla, with all the changes that you can observe in something linear, um, you can gather so much data, but I love that um, even just from experience, uh, some feedback you can gather is even from like your cycle, um, being a female is that with a pattern like that, you can see a lot of patterns, um, with, with things that maybe seem like stalling of progress, but you just notice a pattern on the third week of every month that you're not losing fat. And you're like, what the heck? So yeah. it's really cool how you can, there are definitely benefits as you, as you said to, to that, you can just see so much um, more patterns and when is actually time to make a good change. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's an interesting point too, Taylor. I think about um, actually too, when you're in too deep of a, a fat loss or too deep of a cut and women lose their cycles. I mean, that's a good indication that you've maybe gone too far for too long, mm -hmm. um, not a healthy place to be because we know that, you know, the body is going to give up, um, things that are really metabolically expensive and cycling is one of those things, um, when you're too low. So yeah, monitoring cycles is huge and how you feel before, after, during a cut. Yeah, And it is, I've, I've seen um, mostly in terms of like the menstrual cycle that it's influenced mostly by someone's level of body fat and then someone's stress, whether that is internal or external um, and not always correlated with the amount of food that they're eating. So that could, that could translate into long dieting periods even if you think you're eating enough it's just been so long your body needs a break um yeah. that can mean if you're pushing the lower levels of where your body fat actually needs to be like actual fat cells and so that's something else that you're like okay maybe my body just can't maintain my menstrual cycle when i'm lower than this my eyes want it in the mirror but if you're really prioritizing your health you have to recognize and that's something that's really really big for me um, i actually think um, Chanel, um, you guys might know her if you're kind of all in our circle, but, um, Chanel Colette on YouTube and I think on Instagram, but she had a whole segment of YouTube videos about her cycle specifically. And she's been very open and honest, something I can relate to about, and I think Taylor, you too, we cannot actually maintain what my eyes would love to see visually for the level of fat loss. My cycle is the first thing that says like, no, no, no. I need more body fat than that to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it usually doesn't have to do with what I'm eating coming out of a contest prep. I could be eating plenty of food, but I actually have to gain that body fat back before my body ramps yes. back up. So that's a really great yeah. point. I'm glad you guys brought that up. And a lot of people or women specifically don't realize how important it is um, to actually have normal cycles consistently. I love, um, 
that podcast that I know that we all once uh, really honed in on or recommended to a lot of our clients. And I bought her book and I'm reading it currently. Lara Bryden. She's amazing. Um, and it's, it's basically a period repair manual um, book. And so it's just basically stating just to pay attention to what's happening every single month. And um, it can take a very long time uh, for women to know this. It can take a very long time to recover your cycle and your hormones from a prolonged dieting time. Three to six months. Isn't that what she she generally states? Three to six months. It can be even up to two years. Wow. And, and I think that what, um, and, and this is especially important to me being in my fifties is that, you know, when you have phases, you know, too many phases like that, when you're younger, you don't realize that you are compromising your long-term health, um, bone loss. Um, you don't think about that, but that is all starting to set up and occur during those periods of time where you may not have a cycle and there's a whole lot of other things, you know, that go along with that, obviously fertility issues and, and that sort of thing. So um, it's like, ladies, I just want to say, pay attention, seriously pay attention to it um, because there's, you know, our bodies are going to change over time, no matter what. And the idea is what we're about, hit me forever, truly is whether we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond that we have a healthy amount of lean tissue that keeps us, you know, keeps things metabolically active and keeps our our weight and energy in check as we age. And for me, I'm really passionate about that. Like, I just want to tell, you know, just preach to all the 20 year olds that, you know, want to have, you know, this perfect, perfect physique and it, and, and though it's fun to compete and that sort of thing, it's not realistic long-term to live there and don't make that your life, make your health, your life is mm-hmm. really what I want to just shout from the rooftops. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Me too. I'll echo that right beside you. Yeah. So, you know, balance is look good, but gosh, be balanced. You can have jelly rolls, your cycle, and still be happy. <laughs> so, um, on that note, we're going to – well, actually, do you want to touch on keto, Jody, and then we'll roll right into mini cuts? I don't think keto is really going to take – Yeah, no, it's not. I, I really feel like um, it's just one strategy. Uh, I know there's, you know there's all kinds of camps out there about keto, paleo, blah, 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 blah you know, like – dieting religion or whatever. I don't know. But um, I can only speak from my own personal experience with keto. I did it in a competition prep phase. Mm-hmm. And um, remind me, Kelly, I think we did six or eight weeks. You know, we got real low. Yeah, it was down to that very end. And and just to kind of bring people up to speed, since obviously they can't see us, Jody's not a very big person in general. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. you were 117 pounds when we started, like, trading yeah. six years ago and you might top the scales at like your high one twenties or something. Like, I mean, yeah, I, my body will does not seem to want to go over one twenty five, no matter how, how hard I try. And, right. um, which is, is awesome being 50 and five, four, but we were, yeah, we were about one eighteen. I think was yeah. the last time we competed, but it's amazing. Cause I have pictures, like I mentioned earlier, where I'm one eighteen just before comp and 118 at a, at a different phase look totally different. And that's why you can't, 
the scale is only one tool. Um, felt good in both phases. But anyways, with keto, we did that as a short-term stint to just kind of lean down. Um, I have a pretty adaptable metabolism. I mean, it's, we had to press in, you know, pretty hard. But um, he doesn't want you to starve to death. He <laughs> doesn't want me to starve. I'm just like good German stock, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, I, you know, the first couple of weeks on keto, um, I felt awesome. My head was super clear. I had a good bit of en energy. Um, it, it just felt really good. I think some bodies respond very well to that. Mm -hmm. I just know I couldn't have lived there because after a time I felt very flat and training in the gym, it was just like my recovery was really starting to suffer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I just think that that's one thing about car, you know, having, a proper amount of carbs in your diet is just good for recovery, mm -hmm. you know, period. So I don't recommend keto. It, it would be a very rare situation. Um, and usually it would be end that end of a diet phase. And you have to be so careful reversing out of it as well, because you're in a state where your body is like a sponge and it just wants to absorb everything. And so, you know, even going into um, keto, you have to be very responsible, I think, coming out of it. And quite honestly, without proper coaching, um, I may have not been in a good place to come out of it responsibly. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just really tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, a lot of times it's utilized more on the front end of dieting because of the really quick results that a keto diet might provide. Um, obviously, your initial glycogen is going to go to the tank, so that's a good 5 to 10 pounds in your first couple weeks. Um, and overall, like you said, a lot of mental clarity, a lot less cravings typically happen on keto because of the higher fats. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot of blood sugar stabilizations occurring. So there are times that it can be better. But what I've seen is that honestly, the in a, in a general fat loss, where it might look better on paper would be in someone that has a lot of body fat to lose and could really utilize that quick body fat drop and the increase in insulin sensitivity. But the problem is what you said about the application about it's not a very normal way to eat on a daily basis. And honestly, if you're someone that is already struggling with, you know, the 25 plus, you know, to 50 pounds to lose, you didn't get there by eating keto. So it's not going to be very natural. And then therefore that transition and trying to find a really balanced way to meet, reach your goals long-term it just doesn't set you up for success. So yeah, I, th I think that it's very hard because if you're going to do a true keto diet, um, you're like 80 to 90% fats, true mm -hmm. fats. And that is not a lot. I mean, you, there's a lot of marketing out there of, around keto diets and um, they kind of get labeled. You know, there's a lot more people think there's more, more protein than there is. And truly it's, it is just high fat. And, you know, if you have any kind of social life or anything like that, it's very, very difficult, you know, not to intermix the carbs, you know, with or out. And um, again, just, you know, reversing out of it. I think the thing that that's the biggest setup for yo-yo dieting, I think, because, um, you know, you can keto for a while, but recognize that when you start taking in carbs again, you know, water comes with carbs. And so the initial loss um, with keto, I 
suspect, especially with folks that have more to lose um, than, you, you know, I'm talking 50 pounds or more, they're going to lose a lot of water initially. Um, and it's going to seem like fat loss on the scale, but that's not really what's happening initially. You have to be in a longer term phase for it. And then as soon as you eat carbs again, think about it, it's approximately three grams of water per one gram of carb intake. You can 15 pounds, you know, boom, just like that. And so yeah. it can really mess with your mind. And so when I talk about that, you know, reversing out of that responsibly, you kind of got to know what comes with that um, and that whole process. And it's, it's a, you know, have, just have a good coach. Mm -hmm. yeah. or, or just when you're, when you're testing things, be really aware, like be very self-aware of all these protocols that we're talking about and knowing like that is just not going to work for me. It's not a good place for me to be. Mm -hmm. um, tip, generally speaking, um, we don't typically obviously recommend keto for general fat loss. And we really do save it for those competition prep times where it does matter. And honestly, if you're, if you're a competition prep athlete, um, you're in the headspace to go there and we do a lot inside competition prep. It's almost like a safe space where health is not first all the time. You know, health is in our forefront of our mind. It's there. It exists. We're not doing things to damage it long-term, but I mean, that's why we also don't recommend complete competing every year and, and on this on cycle, you know? Um, but we can all state, we've all been there in those low, low body fat ranges, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, it's stressful. So we do all that we can. That's where we would really save something, um, like keto. So in a coaching environment, for sure. Exactly. Um, cool. So let's move into mini cuts. These are super fun. Um, they're really, they're what we called, um, in the <laughs> um, chat that we were having as, um, the quick and dirty. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so what are some highs and lows? Because we don't want to, you know, romanticize about it too much. I mean, it's still a form of dieting. We still have all the same things that we were talking about previously that we need to look out for. Um, but somebody give us the rundown. I'm laughing because I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. I don't think mini cuts are fun at all. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'd rather go with cycling or just get my mind on, okay, I've got 16 weeks on a linear, you know, that sort of thing. So that's just my personality. But Tay, I know you've, you've done a lot of mini cuts here and again through mm -hmm. competition and, you know, muscle yeah. phases and such. So I think you're really more primed to talk about it. Yeah, no, I, I really like them. Obviously you don't, you, you get excited because you're like, yes, I want to lose a little bit of body fat. I want to transform my body just a little bit, but sometimes always you're just like, eh, I don't want to go into this dieting. It's dieting. It's not fun ever really. Um, but it is fun to get that transformation that you're looking for. Um, but with, with mini cuts, they should last no longer. Um, and I would like to get your guys' input then eight weeks, 10 weeks, um, nothing, nothing longer than that. Even if that some, you can go any duration that you'd like, you can go a couple weeks if you want <laughs> of just a very intense mini cut. Right, right. Um, but basically just doing, going into a deficit. Um, but a difference is it's, it's not near as intense and it's much shorter. Um, but you can still 
get a lot of bang for your buck of what you're looking for out of it. So if you say you've been, um, maybe you've not been dieting whatsoever in the last couple of years, speaking of a maybe ex-competitor or just someone who's just living life, trying to build muscle, just trying to do whatever they're doing, and they just want to lose a little bit of body fat. Um, I think that's where it would be beneficial if they are wanting to maybe make sure they're utilizing nutrients the same way they were before. Um, regaining insulin sensitivity over a period of time, your body is going to probably stop doing that at an optimal level. And so I think that would help with that as well. Um, and yeah, just who doesn't want to maybe lose a little extra pounds for the summer. So I think about it. Um, just, you know, personal experience on it is, you know, trying to really gain some mass and put on some muscle weight. Um, I, yeah, at some point it's like, I just can't eat any more food. And that's when it's like, okay, hey, let's, let's work one of these mini cuts in. Cause I mean, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? When you go, you're, you know, yeah. kind of <laughs> Not that's the reality. That's the reality of some females though. <laughs> that's good that you say that yeah. That's good that you say that because you are helping the listeners realize, females especially, how hard it can be sometimes that you, you have muscle. to do what you have to do. Yeah. 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 So something else I want to add about the mini cuts, there's a few reasons why um, I might gravitate towards them, but a few kind of prerequisites, so to speak, um, is like what Taylor mentioned, um, a longer stint of not dieting. Um, a lot of times they might seem attractive to a post competitor that comes off stage and six months later they gained a little bit too much weight and they're like, I, I don't want to get down to stage weight. I just want to drop this like 10 pounds. Um, big no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and in fact, I'll go ahead and go on the record and say, um, typically the amount of time someone's in a contest prep is the same amount of time that I like to see their bodies um, transition back out of a contest prep into an appropriate, stable um, body weight. Sometimes that's less than when they started. Sometimes it's the same. It depends on the fitness level that they were at when someone started contest prep. Um, but a lot, there's a lot, there's a mental component. There's a hormonal component. There's all that kind of stuff. And so um, there's usually a pretty hard line in the sand of no dieting for a year. Um, and we do offer the structure. Some people don't do so well in the structure. And so that's either worked into to coaching or not, but no mini cut within that, you know, six month period usually. But it's really great, like Taylor said, about um, increasing the insulin sensitivity, something really short term. And that happens really fast, guys. That can happen. I mean, like what Taylor said, with really just in a couple weeks. I mean, you're going to notice your body utilizing d nutrients better, differently, your workouts. You might not have noticed that you weren't really getting a good pump. And then all of a sudden you start this mini cut and you're like, I'm eating less food, but my pumps are incredible. I'm so like, my feel like my muscles are going to explode. And that is a great sign of your body shuttling those nutrients to where they're supposed to go. Um, feeling sluggish, feeling just heavy, you know, bogged down. Um, all those things are something you're probably not going to feel on a mini cut that you might be feeling. And you don't even know that you're feeling that until you start your mini cut. So that can gauge a lot of like Taylor. I typically cap it, you know, eight to 10 weeks. I have stretched it to 12 weeks before when I didn't, I didn't guesstimate a low enough estimate for the mini cut the first two weeks. 
Um, we typically tend to be uh, err on the side of caution, as you might know from listening to us chat. Um, and so the more advanced an athlete is, the longer we've worked together, the more accurate those recommendations are going to be. Um, for ourselves, we're pretty accurate because we know that level that your body's like, okay, I'm going to start responding here. Mm -hmm. um, but you have to keep in mind that same thing of, I mean, I might drop these five or 10 pounds, but is it something I'm actually going to be able to recomp and maintain? Um, maybe improve some nutrient partitioning or something like shoveling those nutrients long-term. But most of the time, what you're going to achieve on a mini cut isn't something that's truly sustainable. Um, you're using the mini cut as a tool to, you know, increase an appetite for someone who is bogged down. Like what Jody said about, um, not being able to eat more food and you're in an improvement season, you need to do something. So we might initiate some dieting to do that. Um, or some low intensity cardio when normally you wouldn't do cardio, but just adding some of that extra energy burn and at one candlestick or the other, um, is going to meet your goal. So overall mini cut is not necessarily for fat loss as much as it is for all these other things that influence a better body composition long-term. I would have to agree with that. And I think that a mini cut is also not something for an event. Um, and, and the reason I say that is you're going to do a mini cut and then you're going to go back to maintenance, you know, after the cut, you're not going to go out and go hog wild on a, you know, a 10 day vacation, you know, and eat whatever you want. That's not a good idea. You're not setting yourself up for long-term success by necessarily doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So no, that's really, really great. Um, this was awesome guys. I'm so glad that we got to yeah. dig in listeners. Let us know, let us know what questions you might have. We covered so much ground over <laughs> these, um, this conversation about various fat loss dieting protocols we have a lot more to say. Like we, I feel like we could just like keep going and going and going. Um, so let us know your feedback. We want to be talking about things that you want to hear. Um, we want to be answering the questions that you have and we love, love, love case studies. So if you want to use yourself as an example and you would like our personal input about what we think you should do, um, let us know. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Really yeah. Fun. Somebody has to hop in on that. Yes. Totally. All right, guys, that concludes our episodes about fat loss dieting protocols. We are super excited to introduce the case study option for you guys. The point behind that is to give you guys a real life, tangible experience with us. We have listened to podcasts before. We know what it's like to try to apply some general principles to yourself, and that can be a little bit confusing. And so we would love to offer that opportunity for you. And of course, a lot of people have a lot of overlap. And so just know that when you do share, it's also going to help other people. And so you can email us at info at the And just another reminder about our seven day transformation challenge. It opens up for enrollment on December 26th, so the day right after Christmas. And it will be open for enrollment that week as we kind of get started, get everybody loaded into the Facebook group, and we do all of our introductions, and you guys get your stuff downloaded. It's a super exciting process. And then the lessons begin on Monday, January 1st. So um, again, as it states on the website, as we talk about 
the winner of the challenge does get a free scholarship into our Transformation Blueprint program. And all of that information can be found on our website at theomnifit.com. Please let us know if you have any questions. And also, if you haven't already, give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. We want to hear from you guys. We want to make sure we're giving you the content that you like listening to. And any feedback is always helpful. All right. Talk to you guys soon.